It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over in our Locked On YouTube channel. And be sure, Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, that is. And be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the rest. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Because every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And if you did not get a question in this week, that's okay. Either at me or DM me next week, and I will answer your question on the upcoming Friday. And seriously, y'all, want to thank you to all the folks out there that have either listened or watched the podcast on YouTube or wherever they listen to their podcast, because the numbers that we've had have been bigger than we have ever had them since I took over the show March of 2021, and the season hasn't really even started yet. Preseason game one is tomorrow. But y'all have been awesome, so thank you so much to everyone out there who has asked questions, that's listened to the show, that's watched the show, because we have a ton of mailbag questions to get to today. So let me go ahead and uh, get to them so we can fit them, in all, fit them all in today. All right, we'll start out with Abby, who will be up at Landover, Maryland tomorrow to watch the Panthers and the Washington Commanders, saying, I'll be going to the first preseason game this weekend and was wondering what you thought we could learn from this first game. What are some things to keep an eye out for? And or are there any insights that you think we'll gain? Have a great weekend. You enjoy your time up there, Abby. So the reports are coming out of Washington at the Washington football team or commanders really hard. They, I just stopped changing your name. Ron Rivera wants to play his starters between 50 to 20 snaps. That's approximately two drives. So with that being said, I would expect when looking at the quarterback situation here in Carolina, both of them are going to play. Matt Rule, I think, on Thursday night, I'm recording this before FanFest, will provide whatever the details are as far as how much Baker and Sam are going to play. I would expect, though, for Sam Darnold to get a drive against the Washington Redskins, or damn it, uh, the Washington football team. No, Commanders. Can't get it right. The Washington Commanders, that team. He'll get a drive, and then Baker will get a drive, and I expect that'll be all we see of Baker and Sam. Now, something that we can learn is how the Panthers' offensive line, the rebuild offensive line, stacks up. I don't know who's going to start at left tackle. Maybe it's Brady Christensen, and then it's going to be Michael Jordan at left guard, and then we'll see whether it's Elf line or if it's Bradley Bozeman at center. I don't know how it's going to stack up. Either way, we're going to get an opportunity, I think, to see Icky out there against the Washington Commanders once. I think we'll get a chance to see Bradley Bozeman at some point in time as the starting center, maybe see Brady Christensen slide in the left guard. We'll get more of an insight of, hey, is this actually going to be a good offensive line, or did we overhype them 
throughout the offseason. And there's going to be a lot of guys on the roster bubble that we're going to get to see a lot of them, especially at corner. The depth is lacking, it seems, with guys like Keith Taylor and Duke Dawson that have been injured. And now you're looking at other guys like Chris Westry and Kalen Barnes. It's going to be a really good opportunity for them to show that they should be able to make the Panthers roster uh, this upcoming season. So that's something that you can certainly gain an insight from. And we're going to see a lot of Matt Corral. I don't expect we see either one of the starters past the first quarter, that being Baker and Sam. So you're going to get a great chance to see maybe all of Matt Corral in the second half. So there we can gain some insight of how far he's come along so far through the 12 uh, training camp practices down at Wofford. Now, speaking of the quarterback situation and the amount of reps that are being split between Baker and Sam, Alex is saying, at what point can we call it irresponsible of Matt Rule to not give all the first-team reps to Baker? We all know who the better quarterback is, so why is he sabotaging the team by giving him half the reps? Now, Matt Rule's not intentionally sabotaging the team. I don't think he's necessarily sabotaging the team at all. Matt Rule wants to make Baker win the job. He does not want to bring in somebody like they've done in the past and just name that guy the starting quarterback. He wants to foster a culture of competition. Now, that being said, we all know who the better quarterback is. We all know they did not trade for Baker. We knew all they did this past offseason to try and replace Sam Darnold to not have Baker Mayfield go out there and be the starting quarterback come week one. It is ridiculous, in my opinion, that we are even doing this. Now, the point where it becomes irresponsible is after New England, and assuming Baker goes out there and proves that he's the guy next week during joint practices and that preseason game on Friday night, it would be irresponsible to me if he continues the quarterback competition going into the third week against Buffalo, which is the dress rehearsal game, and to not have Baker play the entirety of the first half with the ones. That would be irresponsible because that's the only opportunity he's going to get pretty much the entire preseason to actually play with these guys until week one against Cleveland. That's where it would be irresponsible for Matt Rule not to do that or to do that. So, again, no idea what he's going to do. I would not be surprised at all if Sam Darnold is the starter on Saturday just because he wants to continue to troll everybody and keep up this ruse that there is a quarterback competition here in Carolina. Now over to Jackson who says, I feel one of the biggest downfalls in organization since Cam left initially is switching between so many quarterbacks throughout the year. Obviously, my biggest fear is when Baker is a starter for week one, if he has any bad games after that, he's going to be he's going to pull Baker, that being Matt Rule, for Sam Darnold. Losing confidence for Baker and the team. Do you think after Rule makes Baker the starter, he sticks with it throughout the year? Yeah, and that's one of the other things about this, why he is waiting to make a decision. He wants to be absolutely sure. He's already said this. They're not going to name a guy and then turn right back around the next week and then think, oh, man, did we make, the wrong, make a wrong decision? They want to make sure that it's absolutely certain that Baker or Sam, but really Baker, is the best option for this team. That's why they're delaying the process. Do you love the logic? No, but I understand where he's coming from, even though this is all a waste of their time and our times and certainly Baker's time to get in there and to become the starting quarterback and really gain that continuity with everyone in that offensive unit. So I do not think that once again in the season that they're going to just flip after one bad game to Sam Darnold, or if it's vice versa, they're going to flip after one bad game to Baker Mayfield. I don't see that being the case. Now, if it's a, conses- if it's a consecutive string of bad games like Darnold put together last year, then yeah, you have to make a change. 
Because why would you not? And if Baker's playing poorly, then yeah, why would you not make a change and see if someone else coming in there can mix it up, whether it be Sam or Matt Corral? So we'll see how it pans out. Uh, Let's go to Steve now. He says, uh, thanks again, Julian, for all the content. Love the show. Thank you, Steve. Love you. Uh, I have a question about Davion Nixon. I thought he was having a solid season before the injury last year. Do you see him as an impact player for the Panthers this year if he stays healthy? It's hard to say. He's not someone who's on my radar as far as an impact player. When you're trying to figure out how they're going to implement some pass rushers, especially the interior pass rush, Matt Ioannidis, who they signed, is already going to be a starter. He was a really good interior pass rusher back when he played for the Washington, then Redskins, then football team. Never really got to be a commander. Um, but he was good back in Washington at eight and a half and then seven and a half sacks in back-to-back years. You got to think about Etor Grossmatos, who could slide in on pass rushing downs and play that three technique as a, as a pass rusher. Then after that, Davion Nixon might get an opportunity. He's coming off that knee injury, and it takes – some time for someone to get confident and comfortable in that knee, especially a second-year player who did not get that many reps last year. So I don't know if I can really expect that much out of Davion this year, but maybe next season. And that's, I know that's not the most encouraging thing. I do think eventually he can be an impact player. I just have a hard time seeing it right now, just looking at how they have things set up currently in front of him and what they might ask other guys to do. I mean, even Derek Brown. Can we get any pass rushing out of him? Like, there's three other defensive tackles that I'm looking at that are likely going to get an opportunity to be a pass rusher before Davion Nixon gets out there. Now, maybe he could be. I just wouldn't expect um, to have – I don't have any high expectations for him currently until I really see what it looks like in the preseason. And maybe maybe that might give us some insight towards whether uh, Davion Nixon could be a factor on that defensive line this upcoming season. All right, going to take a quick pause here, then get back to more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. The FedEx Cup playoffs kicking off this weekend at TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. Get your money in on all that's going on there. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get back into it. We have no time to waste because a lot of y'all ask questions. And again, thank you to everyone who interacts with the show by asking a weekly Friday mailbag question. Again, either at me or DM me, really just DM me on Twitter at Julian Council, and I'll get to your question uh, in next week's show. All right, we got Kyle. Says, great podcast. I listen every morning. Thank you. 
Kyle, uh, how many wins do you feel like is the magic number to re-sign Baker, and what do you think that contract would look like? I understand Corral may be the future, but to me it would be foolish to go with an unproven third-rounder over a guy like Baker if he leads us to the playoffs. Yeah, if Baker Mayfield leads the Panthers to the playoffs and he looks good doing it, at the very least they need to franchise tag him and try and figure out what to do with the roster as a whole. Because they're going to have to figure out some cap things after pushing some of those deals down by – well, down the road as far as restructures. And what Brian Burns going to need a new deal. Guys like Jeremy Chin going to need a new deal. And then, hey, Bradley Bozeman, some other smaller players that you might not think about, they're going to be free agents. What do you do with them? And what players can you get off the books? So that's, stuff, that's something to think about when it comes to Baker. Now, I mean, the magic number, as long as he gets them to the playoffs – and again, looks good doing it. Like, I think 9, 10, like, I'm sitting here thinking this team's going to be 10 and 7 this year. That's how bullish I am on the Carolina Panthers this season. If y'all have listened to the show, like, you know I'm not going to BS you. If I think that they're going to be good, I'm going to tell you. If I don't think they're going to be very good, I'm going to tell you. I think they're going to be a really good team this year and get the 10 wins. And I think they might even win the division. Tom Brady apparently is going on sabbatical for the next week and a half. I Well, I, well let, me, let me not do that. He, I don't know what he's dealing with. Hopefully Tom's okay. Either way, Tampa – Got some issues there with the offensive line. And then some, I mean, Godwin's not ready to go. I think Tampa's gettable. That's just me. I think they're gettable. But going with your question, like the contract, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think it was Ryan Tannehill got like the four-year, $120 million deal. You're going to have to pay Baker like 30 mil a year. That's just how much quarterbacks are getting paid. And the Panthers have, in a way, been fortunate but also unfortunate to not have to pay the quarterback that certain kind of money because Sam's only getting – he's gotten 22 over the last two years. And then you add in Baker this year, that's only $25 million that they've spent on starting quarterbacks the last two seasons, which is what most teams spend on one quarterback for one season, but actually more than that. Baker's going to want like a $30 million a year deal. Now, can you structure it where, like with Tannehill in Tennessee, that it's – Really, he's going to start for two years, maybe three, and then we'll figure it out after that if he's worth it or not. I think that's what it looks like. But, yeah, Baker goes out there and gets this team to the playoffs. Second time he's had playoff experience, and he looks like he has a locker room, and the fan base loves him, and he's the guy. Yeah, I would rather start the number one overall pick over a third-rounder who went fourth out of the quarterbacks that they took this past year. And that's not to say that Matt Corral can't be a good player, but, yeah, I mean, the, the league didn't value him like they valued Baker. Maybe Cleveland got it wrong, although Baker overcame some <laughs> nonsense there and then created his own. But still, uh, yeah, I would if Baker plays well, you at the very least franchise tag him, and I look at that Tannehill contract as what could be the outline for Baker Mayfield. He's not getting 40 mil a year. If he asks for 40 mil a year, he's unless he's the MVP of the league, that's insanity. Uh, or if they win a Super Bowl, of course. Um, <laughs> all right, Owen. Who asks, will the team respond to Baker as a leader of this team? And do you think Matt Corral could have that same effect in the future? Uh, yeah, it's already happened with Baker Mayfield. I brought up the whole Shaq Thompson thing, not them driving together to Spartanburg, but Shaq throwing stuff at him and messing with him. And in a way that uh, Deont- uh, too many names, uh, Dante Jackson has uh, responded to Baker as far as the trash talk and how much he loves that interaction. Uh, this team is already on board, it seems like, with Baker Mayfield. Sam, I'm sure they, st- they still support Sam as a teammate. He's not their leader. Baker's already becoming a leader on this offense and on this entire roster. And could Corral have that same effect? Maybe. The only thing you ever heard about Matt Corral back at Ole Miss was how he was such a great leader. 
And if he becomes a starting quarterback here in Carolina one day, I have no reason not to believe that Matt Corral, as long as he goes out there and plays well, cannot get this team to follow him. So, yeah, certainly I think Baker has already done that. And I think Matt Corral, if given the opportunity, could also do that just knowing his track record. Uh, another Matt Corral question, and also has Baker in there. Uh, Chris asked, if Sam gets traded, which he's not going to get traded, um, again, with the Sam Darnold thing, I know Benjamin Albright of uh, KOA Radio out in Denver, he's actually – pretty nails when it comes to that kind of stuff with like NFL reporting. He's well sourced. Don't know how, but he, he does a really good job. So when I saw that, I looked at that as factual. He did come back and correct it and say that another source told him that that's not the, tr- the case as far as the Panthers shopping Sam Darnold. They can't shop Sam Darnold because if they do, they're going to do a similar deal like they did with Teddy Bridgewater a year ago and what Cleveland had to do to send Baker over here. They're going to have to send assets and p- pay the majority of his, his salary. Now, if a team's desperate enough, then maybe the Panthers might not have to do as much as I think they would have to do. But either even what, either what still even either way – they're going even still, I guess is what I was trying to say. They're going to have to pay a decent amount of his salary. You might as well keep him. And one of the reasons is if Baker gets hurt week one, then Matt Corral is a starting quarterback. Do you really want to throw Matt Corral out there that early in his career? I don't think that's the best thing for this organization, especially a team that's trying to win this upcoming season. So let me finish your question. If Sam gets traded and Matt Corral makes it the second string, if Baker gets injured during the season, do you think Matt steals a job from him even when Baker's getting gets healthy? No, I don't think that's going to happen. If Matt Corral comes out there, I think he's going to struggle because he is playing in a system that's not similar to what you see on Sundays, and he's a rookie who was drafted in the third round. Like The expectation should not be high for Matt Corral this upcoming season. We'll see what he looks like in the preseason. That, that, that might change my perspective because I have not seen him against NFL competition. But even in the preseason, he's not going to be playing against the ones. He might not even be playing against twos. He's probably going to be playing against threes. So you would think, you would hope that he plays well in that situation. But still, he's got to learn how to process, how to, to lead a huddle. It's not just plug and play, in my opinion, with Matt Corral. Until I see it, it's hard for me to believe that. And I'm not trying to doubt Matt Corral. It's just hard to think that's going to be the case. So no, I don't. I don't think if Baker gets injured, Matt Corral somehow is a number two that he goes in there and he just wows everybody because that's not an easy schedule for a rookie quarterback to step into, especially one who's not seeing any action with the ones throughout training camp and won't be seeing any action with the ones once the season starts. So yeah, that no, I don't think that would be a great situation for Carolina. As much as y'all want to believe in Matt Corral, as much as I want to believe in him as well. That's not the best thing for this team, especially if you want to see them go to the playoffs this year. Um, all right, we got Josh now. He said, hey, Julian, just started listening to the pod a few weeks ago and enjoy it, except your Robbie hate. <laughs> I don't hate Robbie Anderson, guys. I, I don't appreciate Robbie Anderson, who's literally never done anything here in Carolina, calling out the fan base when they booed Sam Donald last year. I, I don't appreciate that. Also, it's like um, – just some weird drama with him. And it turned out to not really be drama because with Baker, there's been no issues there with him and Baker. But still, if you just say nah to a comment, what are people going to think? They're going to draw the conclusion that you're not interested in him at all. And then the whole like retirement thing. I want Robbie to bounce back. I'm going to support Robbie. I do not hate Robbie. I do not hate anybody on this team. Because like I said a couple weeks ago about the whole Sam Darnold hate, like people personally liking him. Y'all don't even know Sam Darnold. Maybe you do. But if you don't, Super weird. No, I don't hate Robbie Anderson, just to clear that up. I just don't think a dude who's never – he's won 10 games as a, as a Panther. 10 games in two seasons. Hasn't gone to the playoffs. If he were to leave tomorrow, he would be forgotten. So that's just kind of my thought process on Robbie Anderson. Like, like dude, you've done nothing. So don't call it the fans. 
But your his question is though, Josh's question is how many wins this season does Matt Rule need to keep his job? Pretty much for me, I've said this multiple times now. It's not just getting to the playoffs. Like if it's eight wins, if it's nine wins, if it's ten wins, like if he gets to 12, 13, then yeah, he's gonna keep his job. But it's not just like barely getting to the playoffs and being a wild card. Like if he wins the division, he keeps his job. As long as it's like I mean, I think if he wins the division, he probably keeps his job. Because I don't think you're gonna be able to win eight games and win a division this year. But if he just sneaks into the playoffs as a wild card, like an eight, nine, or nine and eight, they have to have tangible evidence that the quarterback situation is not going to be the constant churn because they don't have a plan. And from what I've been told, like their plan actually is just keep throwing bleep at the wall until something sticks. And they're hoping that Baker sticks. If he doesn't, maybe Matt Corral sticks or if they draft somebody, they stick. So to me, if Matt wins a division or like 12 plus games or 10 plus games, he's going to be back next year, but also be barely gets in the playoffs. I think there needs to be tangible evidence that this thing is heading in the right direction, that it's not just, okay, you got in because, like, the NFC was terrible. So that's just kind of where I stand there, Josh. Um, Okay, another quick pause, and then I will answer the rest of your questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, got a lot of questions left, so you're going to have to go a little bit more rapid fire here, even though I do have some uh, decent thoughts on a couple of ones that y'all have for me. But uh, let's not delay. James, he says, as the season gets closer and rosters are forming, which player would be a surprise cut and which will be a surprise keep? Thanks for the podcast. As always, keep pounding. Um, Okay, well, surprise keep would be if they decided to keep uh, P.J. Walker and then cut, like, Baker Mayfield if he loses his starting job. Like, that would be a surprise cut. Um, or like keep rather, and Baker would be surprise cut. I really look at the uh, cornerback uh, room, not really just the cornerbacks, the entire defensive backs. I talked about this on Thursday's pod. They are going to have a difficult decision of who to keep because they're going to keep Jeremy Chen, Xavier Woods, Justin Burris, and that would be a surprise cut. I don't think they're going to cut the guy who they had start the last two years at free safety. Um, two good of depth to get rid of him, and then Sean Chandler. Like, those four guys are going to make it as far as safeties go. In that corner, J.C., Dante, C.J. Henderson, and then I have Keith Taylor up there. Um, and then after that, they had nine last year. That's eight players. So only one guy is going to remain. Miles Hartsfield's been in the roster the last two years as a UDFA out of Ole Miss. Sam Franklin, he was on the roster. Kenny Robinson's missed the team the last two years, but he stayed on as a practice squad and played a couple games later on last season where they really felt like he was growing. Chris Westry, Kalen Barnes, Stan Thomas Oliver, Duke Dawson doesn't look like he's going to make the roster. Like All those dudes are competing for one spot. I would be surprised if Miles Hartsfield, who can fill in and play the nickelback position and other spots in this secondary, I'd be surprised if he didn't make the roster. That would that would shock me. Not shock me, but that would, that would surprise me. Like Corey Littleton, they kept six linebackers last year. Can he keep five? I mean, I think they're going to keep Corey Littleton too much experience. And then if one of the rookies, like if Amari Barno or Cade Mays, they decide to get rid of them, that would surprise me. Like Cade Mays, 
I told you yesterday, I'm looking at Deontay Brown, Cade Mays, and Dennis Daly. I think Cade Mays is going to make the roster out of that, that trio of, of guys when you look at the amount of offensive linemen that they kept last year being nine and the amount they're probably going to keep this year, likely again, nine. Um, all right, let's go to Rod, who actually talks about the cornerback position, saying we have physical freaks at cornerback four and CB5 with Westry. 6'4", 4.31 speed, and Barnes, 4.23 speed. With Dante, CJ, and JC under contract, do you think Westry and Barnes will get opportunities? Also, should Panther, should the Panthers work on getting Barnes the ball in open space? We'll love to see him on kick return, punt return, and occasional jet sweep. Yeah, now there's too many guys on offense to be giving Kalen Barnes um, the football. I also don't think Kalen Barnes is going to make the roster, it looks like. It's, it's hard because I, I, I went through it yesterday. It's hard to envision them being able to keep both those guys, like they need someone to sp- play special teams, of course. So maybe Barnes makes it. Westry, I mean, I have Keith Taylor on this roster. I, I think he's gonna make the ro- make the roster. So if that's the case, then one of those guys, maybe both of them, aren't gonna be on the team. So I, I just I don't think they're gonna get a ton of opportunities. I also don't want to see them get a lot of opportunities. I want to see Dante, CJ, and JC healthy all season long, so we don't have to see Chris Westry. We can see him out there on special teams. I don't need to see him playing. Um, even though he did start a couple of games last year, it's, it's going to be a tough decision. And that's when they were talking about competition. Like they legit have it in certain position groups and that corner where there's been a ton of injuries and Westry and Barnes have an opportunity on Saturday to show that they should make the roster. Cause guys like Taylor have not been healthy and maybe Keith doesn't make the roster. I don't know. Unofficial depth chart says he's in a good spot now, but it is only August 12th. So we can only make so much of that as they're not going to be able to keep, of course, 90 guys on the roster. Uh, let's go to Bobby now. He said he was at practice last Saturday, and one of the positions that stood out in a negative way was tied in. Huge shocker there. Uh, I realize Thomas Trimble are good linebacker or blockers, excuse me, but neither brings much to the passing game. Can this offense be successful without a threat in the middle of the field? Yeah. Yeah, they can be. Again, what was it? Two years ago when Teddy was here, had four guys go over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Curtis, Samuel. Um, Mike Davis, DJ, Robbie, this year, DJ's going to be back. Going to have another 1,000-yard receiving season unless he gets injured. Um, Robbie should bounce back. Then you have Terrace, Rashard Higgins, Christian McCaffrey. Like the tight end's going to be the sixth option on this offense. Like They're, they're not going to be looking at the tight end when you have Christian out there, when you have DJ out. Like, nor do you need these guys to be great pass catchers. It would be nice to have an extra element to that. But really, as long as Christian's out there, if you want to check down anybody, check it down to him. He's someone who can break it long. So, no, I'm not too concerned about like whether the tight end play is going to impact the offense. Really, what's going to impact the offense is whether Baker Mayfield plays at the level that he's played at before and can take care of the football. Um, and, of course, Christian stays healthy. And the O-line's not terrible. Like I'm concerned more about all that than whether the tight end pass game is going to be something that's going to – hold the Panthers offense back um Tanner he asks has David Tepper just wasted the last four seasons by not just blowing it up when he got here is Carolina really in a worse spot now than if had he if he did so when David Tepper bought the team the Carolina Panthers were coming off of a playoff appearance in 2017 his first year was 2018 why would a guy who just bought a team that was in the playoffs fire the head coach get rid of the quarterback and do whatever. Why would he? Oh, what sense would that make at all? It wouldn't make any sense. I thought he did the right thing by keeping Ron and that staff. Because why? Why would you not? 
And in after 2018, you can question whether he should have gotten rid of them after they fell apart in the second half of the season. But there was a good reason why they did that because of Cam's health. And going into 2019, you thought with Cam being healthy, Ron now calling the plays, which I didn't think was a great thing to do. And then with David Tepper basically telling him, like, this is what you're going to do. Meddlesome, of course, but he owns the team, spent a lot of money, straight cash for it. I didn't think he needed to make a change. Now, he did make a change, and once that happened, I was totally fine with it. Now, here's the thing. He wanted to be patient on reworking the business side of the Carolina Panthers. He hired guys like Tom Glick and Mark Hart, and then later on, he brought in guys like Nick Kelly to be a part of Tepper Sports Entertainment with the Charlotte Football Club, and we've seen all three of those guys leave, especially the day ones in Glick and Hart, and we didn't get any explanation why. Now, Glick is now with Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, I would rather be with Chelsea Football Club than any NFL team because that's a much bigger brand worldwide, and it makes sense. He came from the world of soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. That makes a lot of sense, but he just mysteriously left. Nick Kelly is seen as one of the young rising stars in sports business, and he only had three months on the job as the CEO of Tepper Sports Entertainment, maybe because of the Rock Hill issue, which they finally figured out apparently the bankruptcy stuff. I guess it won't be finalized until October, October but uh, either way. They'll have two day ones, like Glick and Mark Hart leave. That is a little concerning. Now, Christy Coleman, one of the other day ones, became first team, uh, female team president in team history, which is great for her and great for the organization, as David Tepper has wanted to be, um, not like the place it was, so Jerry Richardson. And it certainly operates a different way. But no, he didn't need to come in and fire everybody. Now, he did blow up the business side. And now, as we've seen, some of those hires are no longer here anymore. All right, more. Travis. Hey, JC, hope you are doing well. I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well as well, uh, Travis. His question is, do you think that CJ takes the cornerback two spot and D-Jack is put into the slot with all the talk it seems CJ could play the two spot? Have a good day. Yeah, so they've already been over this. Um, If all three are healthy, JC, Dante Jackson, and CJ Henderson, Dante and... CJ will both play the outside corner. So they either the boundary or the field, depending on where they're at. And then JC will go into the slot because they believe that he's more versatile. That's how it will factor. Um, all right, Bob. Thoughts on Panthers inquiring about Kareem Hunt, who is restricting his activities in camp in an effort to procure a contract extension. Cleveland will be will move on from Hunt or Dearness Johnson after this year. Regardless, either player may be a good fit in Carolina, offering power or receiving out of the backfield. Um, now, I'm hard passing Kareem Hunt for obvious reasons. Um, either way that he's back at practice. The Browns told him to kick rocks. You're going to play like you. He was like the eighth highest paid running back last season. And he should be happy that he even has a career after what he, uh, what he did. So no, I'm good on a uh, cream hunt. Uh, Brody, do you think prime Baker Mayfield is better than prime Jake DeLome? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Jake DeLome, one time pro bowler, of course, clutching the playoffs until he wasn't against Arizona that night. Well, we'd love for, to forget. Love Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome was just okay. Like had his moments, but was just okay. Turned the ball over a lot. Baker turns the ball over a lot as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Baker, will, at, at his prime, will be better than Jake DeLome. Now, what's around you is important. And Jake had a great running game, good offensive line, fantastic defense. And I look at this, looks like they got a great running game with McCaffrey. Offensive line is rebuilt, should be good. Plenty of weapons on the outside, like what Jake had, and a fantastic defense. Like, it's, I don't see how Baker can't do exactly what Jake DeLome did by getting the team to the playoffs and having success. Now, let's have the sustainable back-to-back years of going to the playoffs. So let's not just go playoffs and out, playoffs and out, playoffs and out. So, yeah, I think Baker can be better than prime Jake DeLong. 
And that's really no offense to Jake. Like, he had his great moments, but I always just looked at Jake Tillman as like, just okay. And if the Panthers had better history, then he probably wouldn't be in the Hall of Honor. But, hey, man, he deserves it, so I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't. Um, even though I'm sure y'all are saying you just did. No, I, Jake Tillman, he deserves it. Like, he certainly is a fabric of this organization and, and personifies with Keep Pounding Beans, and I, I'm excited to see well, him to be around the organization continuing to see what Baker Mayfield can do. But I think Baker will end up being better than Jake. Uh, greetings. Yet another great week of content. This is from Ken. Thank you, Ken. Uh, more of a statement than a question this week. I believe Matt Rule is a good coach. Looking at our previous head coaches and realizing that there were major holes in their records and team construction, back-to-back 5-1 seasons is never a good look. But we know what we now have extremely athletic and capable players at every position instead of relying on a couple of stars. On paper, we have one of the strongest rosters that we've ever had. Honestly, he's only made three major mistakes. Teddy to Sam, Sam fifth-year option, his original coaching staff. Otherwise, he took a depleted and old team and is now giving them a chance to win. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he got here. They lost a ton of guys on defense, and it makes sense why they decided to spend so much capital on defensive players. Now, only Jeremy Chin so far has hit from that 2020 draft class. Derek Brown, Ethor Gross Matos, we need to see it from them. Getting Scott Fair to come in here, I think Scott's done a really good job of, of building a team that Matt can win with. The quarterback is an issue, and I go back. We've had guys like Ron Rivera who people wanted to fire after they started off 1-3 back in 2013. What happened? Wrote off a bunch of wins, went twelve and four. Now, yes, they didn't lose. They didn't win. They lost to San Francisco there in, in the divisional round. But whatever. Like Ron Rivera turned out to be the best coach we've ever had here in Carolina. All, all but one of the Carolina Panthers coaches of the past have not taken this team to the playoffs. Like I think Matt's going to take him to the playoffs this year. Will Matt be able to be the one who brings the uh, ugh, brings the sustained success for the Carolina Panthers? I don't know. We'll see. But it really matters what you have around you. And the last two years, as Roman Harper told us when he came on the show, he had no expectations. Like, what should the expectations have been like in 2020, dealing with the pandemic and a young roster and Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback? Shouldn't have been very high. What should the expectations have been last year, still dealing like, with the pandemic and then getting a new quarterback in Sam Darnold, who was terrible in New York? Like, what should the expectations have been the last two years? Now in year three, like I always felt like it should have been, the Panthers are in a position – they might not be in a catbird seat, but they're in a position to be that team moving forward in the NFC South. Like, New Orleans has got to figure out their stuff. Got a new head coach. Drew Brees is gone. And they don't know if they have a quarterback or not. I mean, Tampa, new head coach. We'll see what happens. Byron Leftwich stitch around. Uh, if Byron Leftwich sticks around for a while or if he takes a head coaching job, but they lose him, like, that's going to be a big loss. Tom could be gone after this year. Atlanta, they're a mess. Like, the Panthers are still in a position to be the team that's ready to go moving forward into post-Breeze, Brady, um, Sean Payton era of the NFC South. So, yeah, I mean, I think Matt is a capable coach. Is he a good coach? He was a good college coach. Is he a good NFL coach? That's yet to be seen. And there's plenty of things to look at as far as how he's managed games that leads you wondering whether he is in over his head. Um, all right, two more. Got really only one more. Then someone has a PSA for you guys. Uh, James, I've been looking at the Carolina schedule. What's with the team not having a Sunday night or Monday night football game only Thursday night against Atlanta? What gives? Teams like the Las Vegas Raiders have multiple primetime appearances. Monday night football at the Chiefs, Thursday night football at the Rams, Sunday night football against the Patriots, and Saturday night Christmas in Pittsburgh. Well, look who they're playing. Pittsburgh, massive brand. Uh, Patriots, massive brand. Rams, just won the Super Bowl. Chiefs, big team. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl two years, what, three years ago. Like they're Also, the Raiders... I have a huge following, massive. 
Um, and they're like one of the legacy franchises in the NFL. And they're also in Las Vegas. And they went to the playoffs last year. Panthers haven't been in the playoffs since 2017. It's really not that hard to figure out. Why, oh, why would the NFL not want to put the Carolina Panthers, who are on their third quarterback in three years of a head coach on the hot seat, on national television outside of a Thursday night game in Week 10 against Atlanta? It's pretty easy to figure out why they did that. Um, sorry for being condescending, but come on, man. Like, what's being look, like? Look, just look around you. Why, why would you want to subject the rest of the country to this organization right now? Like, they haven't earned it. You got to earn your primetime slots, and also not having a quarterback that plays a big role in it. Like, the Panthers were never the darlings to be putting on on Monday Night Football and those kind of things. But when you have Cam Newton, you're gonna want to put him on TV. Like Christian McCaffrey's been injured the last two years. He's like the biggest star in this roster. Well, at least Baker Mayfield's been a much-talked-about player. Now, the guys on PTI, like Michael Wilbon said, like no one's gotten more talk um, about them who didn't deserve it than Baker Mayfield. He also said Josh Norman, which is – that hurt to the core to hear that. But, yeah, look at, look at what they've done the last couple of years. Look at the head coaching situation. Look at the quarterback situation. And you don't really need to look no further to find out why the Panthers only have one preseason game or one primetime game and why it's Thursday against a team in Atlanta who folks outside – of both those cities think are not going to be very good. Finally, you have a PSA from Matthew. Not a question, but I guess I'm going to read this off because this is what he sent to me. Uh, he said, this relates to all the teams, including the Panthers. The broad jump measurement at the NFL Combine is flawed. Athletes start with their toes on the line, but are measured by the heel after their jump. This takes foot size into account and gives athletes with smaller feet an advantage. The measurement should be toe to toe or heel to heel, not one of each. As an engineer, this bothers me to no end. This is really a question I'm hoping to men- – this, this is not really a question, but I'm hoping that mentioning this on the platform will raise awareness of this error. So I hope that Matthew and I have now helped to raise awareness for the broad jump at the NFL Combine. You're welcome. Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to – Follow the show, watch the show, subscribe to the show, whatever you got to do over on YouTube. And be sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest. Make sure to do that so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Where next week, again, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me at Julian Council over on Twitter. But again, first, click the follow button, and I'll answer your questions next week on the show. In the meantime, tomorrow, it is the preseason opener. With the Washington Commanders there, I think it's noon or 1 o'clock, whatever. The, well, it's probably 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock on Saturday. After that, I will be posting a podcast. I will be posting pretty much what's going to be Monday's show. So I'll have my reaction show. It will not be live with the new streaming platform. They do not give me an opportunity to go live, and I'm never going back to restream because that was garbage. Um, so going to post it probably around 6 o'clock. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to try to do throughout the season. So that's if they play at one, like you can get something at six. So tomorrow night, you will have the YouTube video of the podcast, and you will have the podcast podcast of the podcast after the Panthers-Commanders game. We'll give you my thoughts on how the quarterbacks look, and we'll get a lot of uh, action from Matt Corral. So there's that. So stay tuned for that tomorrow on the show. In the meantime, Take care. Be safe. Have a great weekend. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Goodbye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.